It is cold today, so we are going to be doing a very, hopefully, fast and detailed interview of Elon Musk's biography by Ashley Venance. Hope you're getting that right in the camera. This book was published in 2015, so it's about five years old now, and it goes through, obviously, Elon Musk's life up until that point. And the interesting thing is he's actually done a fair few things in these last five years that have made him even more... I suppose, popular, well-known, famous. So we'll go through, we probably won't go through that. And we'll just go through what's actually in the book and what he was done, has done up to this point. So as I mentioned, it's his biography as an inventor, CEO, but also as a father, as a child, as a husband, as whatever, a family man, friends, all of that's captured in this book. So he was born in 1971 in South Africa. I actually had no idea of that until I was reading the book. Spent his time growing up in South Africa and he seemed like he had a fairly entrepreneurial family as far as his father and and mother were concerned. And then him and his siblings as well were, were doing crazy stuff like riding their bikes around and knocking on people's houses saying like, hey, do you want your computer fixed or whatnot back in the, I guess when computers were were being first invented in the 80s and, and really getting into the a way not just in the, I suppose, like business sense, but then into the per, more personalized com, commercial aspect. So uh, you could see from very early on that he was going to be an entrepreneur and, you know, go his own way through life. He left for Canada and I'm just skipping over large swaths of his life here. This is just the introduction, really. Left for Canada when he was about, I think, 17, 18. And basically from there, you can see him really starting to reject the the standard uh, systems that we have in place, whether it be the education system, the business system, even like his social life system seems a, a little bit uh, um, far out there. And his rejection of that is, is interesting to note. And I suppose that's one of the ways that you become such a, a big person in, in your chosen fields. So... Uh, uh, through all this whole period, he has this period with PayPal, which is which earns earns him his like you know first real big chunk of money, and then goes on to found SpaceX, Tesla, Solar City, and then it wasn't captured in this book, but some of the other things he's doing, which is like the hyperlink, the boring company. Uh, I think he created a flamethrower as well. So he's got uh and the can't remember what it is but it's like a basically a big string of satellites that he plans to uh, cover the entire world in to provide the whole world with um like 5g uh, internet so he's a interesting dude if no matter what you think of him he's uh, and he's done quite a lot in in his life in his what's he he'd be getting up to close to 50 years old now so he's uh he's really making some impacts on the world and uh it was interesting, I suppose, to read about him in, in this context. I'm not really one for biographies. I've, I've read a couple, but it's I suppose it's not my, my chosen aspect of, of reading them. Um, but yeah, this was, this was pretty good. So just a couple of themes from the book. He had a very difficult childhood due to bullying and being misunderstood. If you see any of his interviews, you can tell he's, he's definitely not on, I suppose, the normal wavelength or interacts in the way that I, I guess a lot of humans normally do. Um, I've seen him on a couple of interviews with the, on the Joe Rogan experience as well as just a couple in general of him being interviewed about SpaceX or Tesla. Uh, 
And you can see, I suppose, when they get real deep into it, that he, uh, he does have, you know, he's very comfortable with awkward silences or just silences in general. But also he's, uh, his mind does work in a very different way. Uh, he's always dreaming and was dreaming big since he was 14 or 15. And I think this is actually one of the things you need to have like the, that will create the determination to persevere. So when he was 14 and 15, he was already asking himself like, what are the best things that I can do with my life? What can I do for humanity? What is, you know, the optimal solution? What is blah, blah, blah. I don't remember particularly having those sort of things. I think I was, I was probably more thinking like, oh, maybe what, what will I do with my life as far as like a job is concerned? But, you know, he, you could tell he was, uh, an unusual kid from the very start. And because of that, he did get bullied. He did get, uh, have a somewhat unpleasant childhood. It sounds like, and living out and uh, growing up in, I think that was apartheid South Africa probably wasn't a, a pleasant experience either. Uh, so his mentality of working from first principles, and this is one of the things I'm really took from the book and of why and how he got his success. First principles is, is essentially you keep asking yourself, okay, but what's underneath that? What's underneath that? And so you get down to the very basics of physics, of chemistry, of uh, economy, of whatever venture it is that you're trying to do. If you keep asking yourself, why am I doing this? What is going on beneath the surface? You reach like these sort of rock solid principles of, you know, gravity or or the interaction between atoms for, for chemistry or whatever it is or supply and demand in, in an economic sense and he tries to do this to go as far as he can which will then allow him to think okay is something actually impossible or is it just something that a lot of no one's ever done so we think it's impossible and so this is why he's managed to create some very crazy things if you think about it a privatized space company, no one had done that before. A electric car, which in the industry was when he was first coming up with it, there had been a lot of failed attempts at electric cars and he was the one who was like, okay, this is the way you can do it to make it economical, to do blah, blah, blah. A lot of people criticized him and one of the first things I actually heard about the guy was his the criticism of him for you know, everything that he it does is, is has massive government subsidies. He's not actually a real inventor, um, blah, 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 blah. And I think while that is true in, in one sense, and it is also true that almost all subsidy, almost all companies get some sort of subsidy, whether it's the you know, corn industries in the United States or the, the government hands out money to lots of people to try and get lots of things done. So, you know, I feel it's pretty unfair to pick on him just for that when he has created some very amazing products, uh, at least from the sounds of it. I've never actually driven a Tesla, um, but uh, what I've heard of them is, is uh, seems to be relatively good reviews. And yeah, it just seems like uh, he, he does get a little bit misaligned for, for that particular one point, which is something I've heard a couple of times. He obviously does not care for the rules. So both informal and formal, and you'll, you'll sort of see this, I guess, in the way his companies are run, in the way the people in his companies interact. There's not the same like bureaucratic structure that's automatically sort of created in, in new companies. And if he doesn't like a rule, he will just go out and try and change it. So 
um, you know, if there's some sort of restrictions on battery sizes or whatnot, or the the requirements for safety testing, and and he believes that they're you know inadequate or or the rules are stupid, he will go out and try and change them, which is you know takes a lot of a balls and and work ethic and you know even skills to to get that done on the multiple levels that it's required, whether it just be on the you know very close social social one in between people to the large scale you know bureaucratic government bureaucracies. His survival through the GFC made him strong and a little bit wiser, I would say, as well. So during the 2008 GFC, he had a lot of problems with Tesla. It sounded like they got to points where they had, you know, weeks worth of, of cash left to, to pay employees, to pay for materials. And then it had just hit a point where his own personal wealth would be, you know, down to zero as well. Uh, and it sounded like he chucked in a lot of his own money to get this stuff done. So, you know, he not only did he rest on a, uh, I, I suppose, make that money for himself through the whole PayPal venture, but then he had the balls to be like, okay, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going to make these companies work. And if there's one thing I really respect in life, it's someone who, who um, yeah, puts the money where their mouth is, who who does the deeds and makes sure they get them done. So... That was really interesting and um, I suppose very inspirational as well to, to see that and, and know that there is people out there. And as far as the wise a bit, right at the end of the book, you can say like he, he basically like he goes through this whole difficult period and then he basically just starts asking people for money through the, I guess, like accruation, the accruing value as, as a person, as a brand, as a uh, through his companies to then just ask for money even though he didn't particularly need it he was sort of like okay i went through a period where i had no access to money and uh, you know it almost cost me everything so now that i'm in this period of relative uh, you know growth i'm, I'm going to ask for the money and just have it set aside for when i do want to create a gigafactory to to make you know batteries millions and millions of car batteries and, and whatnot so it's interesting a couple of my own personal observations from the book note that these are based on the book and interviews so uh, this isn't just solely from what i read in the book but also like the little snippets i've taken from here and there of of his personality in general uh, he works like a maniac and expects the same from others and this is the number one reason for his success and also the reason why I would not work for him. <laughs> he, uh, he basically asks people to put their whole heart and soul into achieving this one thing, whether it be, you know, the internal combustion of the, the rocket engines or whatnot, you know, particular aspects of particular jobs, he expects you to do that job to the utmost. And, uh, while it's amazing, you can say you're part of a whole that's created this amazing thing, which is you know, sending privatized rockets in, out into space. It's still something for me that I would be like, no way, I, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to kill myself to the bone working, uh, you know, 18 hour days just to uh, to please him or and it's not just to please him. It's sort of for themselves and to people who do it. You know, kudos to you. Uh, I'm, uh, not not throwing any judgment on that, just saying that is something I would never do. And 
his personality seems like a, a, a lot of a mixture of like robotic, analytic and very driven and then emotional, silly and temperamental. And there's multiple instances in the book where, you know, he's absolutely ruthless with employees who don't live up to expectations. So he will hire and fire very quickly. There, there's no room for, you know, the, the person who, who founded the company with him, but then, you know, maybe is only giving 80%. No, they're out. Uh, but then in other aspects of his life, he's, he's very silly. So he'll do like birthday parties with a samurai theme. He'll, um, you know, buy or test something out just for fun, whatever, like the cost is, doesn't matter. But then other aspects, he'll be like, no, no, no. I want this thing to cost $2,000, not 3000. So one of the things that seems very hard to pinpoint about him is I guess, like what mood is he in with regards to this particular thing? And it seems like a lot of his employees are, are really scared of the dude, of scared of bringing up problems to him because they know they're going to get roasted if they haven't done like their due diligence or whatnot. And I guess the point is who the amount of due diligence for maybe someone like me is probably nowhere near up to his standards of what due diligence is. So um, there's some other couple of things like he was uh, divorced three times and then two of them to the same girl. Uh, I think if <laughs> I, I, I personally can't see how, how you can uh, divorce someone and then, and then think it's a good idea to remarry them, but whatever. Um, he's an interesting dude. And that's the sort of things that happen with interesting people. The book style is dramatic and almost over necessarily hyped. And this is just something you'll see in, in books in general with this type of uh, biographies and whatnot especially the author will try and make it you know, super exciting, super interesting. So the whole first scene of the book is her meeting him in a restaurant and it's like, okay, uh, you know, he entered with a swagger of blah, 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 of a thousand sons and, and whatnot. And it's like, look, just get to the point. You don't need to, to hype it up like this. It feels, you know, forced. Uh, personal preference right there. Someone somewhere will dislike you no matter how cool or nice you are. So that's just another taking from the book. Uh, you know, maybe he's earned a lot of the, the hate that he gets, but it, you can be the nicest, coolest person and people are still going to hate you through you just living your life. So, um, you know, that's just one thing to, to note and, um, you know, not saying that it's either unjustified or justified the, the, the critics of him. And there are some things that he should be criticized for and some that he shouldn't. So, you know, whatever, that's just a, another little personal observation finally in summary it's probably easier to get a picture of him based on interviews i feel the book medium for biographies is good for people it's good for the past uh, I'm, I'm not sure that it's really that necessary nowadays uh how many hours did it take me to read through this book uh, let me just see how many pages there are quickly this is about 400 pages just a little bit less than that and it probably took me a good, I'm going to say like eight, eight hours of reading, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. I feel like I'd probably have a better idea of him as a person if I had just spent eight hours watching videos on YouTube of him. But maybe I wouldn't have as much detail as far as the, like the concrete um, inner workings of his life. Uh, of what he actually did uh, 
I personally find books as a, a good way of of capturing information, capturing wisdom and, and really cementing it in my mind. Uh, whereas this is, it was sort of like a book I read for fun. So it was never going to be like the absolute, you know, top pinnacle of, of reading for me. And that's why, you know, I, I probably tend not to read biographies that much because, you know, I, I can I can get that information from somewhere else. So, yeah, semi-interesting but fluffy as well. That pretty much sums up the book for me. It, it did flow and I enjoyed it, but there is always going to be a cap, a limit point for me on, on biographies, I suppose, especially the people who are alive now. So you can actually do interviews with them and get different sources. Biographies of historical characters are different. So um, that's, I suppose, my little summation of the book. Elon Musk, how the billionaire CEO of SpaceX and Tesla is shaping our future. You know, I like, might be a little bit dated because it's from 2015. And so obviously he's done a lot since then. And yeah, that's it for now. Hope you enjoyed. Current out.